to episode 146 of the Mash Those Buttons Mashcast. I am Jared, and I'm here with the scourge of Iron Forge and games industry public defender, Nick Zelenkevich. Hey, how's everybody doing? Yes, and uh, I don't think I have any uh, any extra stuff to talk about in the beginning of this time. You know, last week was the Super Bowl, and the week before that we had something, but I think we just need to get down to business. Uh, Yeah, we could do that. Feels a little weird. I don't know. I can I can bring up something dumb. Nah, that's okay. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's uh let's get right into the news bites. Uh, so first things first happened at the top of the week. Looks like Sony Online Entertainment was sold off by Sony uh, to an investor group, and that division is now called Daybreak Game Company. It doesn't look like anything. Any major shakeups have happened. It looks like they literally took the entire division. And sold it to somebody else. And I haven't heard anything else about, you know, it, uh, uh, you know, uh, jobs getting switched around or people getting fired or laid off, you know, things like that. So I don't think players should expect anything new for the time being. I think the only, I mean, the, the only thing this, where this might have any relevance is, is, is as far as support for some of these games on the PlayStation. Uh, I mean, you know, DC Universe Online. I know that's free to play on the PlayStation. I don't, I don't see why that would change necessarily. But I mean, you know, it, I mean, because fun- functionally, what Sony Online Entertainment was different from the PlayStation division anyway. Right. So it's not, so it's not like it was the same company interacting with itself. But now there's no higher up saying you guys need to work together. So I mean, you know, that's but, true. But I mean, it seems that I mean Smedley's been the one kind of handling business there for a while. Um, you know, he was the guy, he was the guy who was all over the H1Z1 issues. Terribly, at least, I might add. Terribly, but. <laughs> terribly. But no, but he's he's usually, I mean, say what you will about. Uh, I mean, that was, I mean that 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 was just a bad situation. Not that he was good at it. I don't know if anybody could have been good at it outside of getting things fixed. But at the very least, he's been fairly vocal in his job there. Um, and he, it's it's not uncommon to see him doing Reddit AMAs or uh, or being all over Twitter. So um, until unless there's a change where he's removed from power, I can't imagine there would be too much uh, there'd be too much different over there. Right. Well, I mean, well, I guess maybe the biggest difference is that now some of the games that have been PC and PS4 only, or PC and Sony console only, may now make their way onto the Xbox One. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know, I'm, think, I'm trying to think out of the entire, like, SOE library, the biggest game is probably DCU. Would you count EverQuest? Well, yeah, well, EverQuest, but I'm talking about, like, for broad appeal across multiple consoles. EverQuest is a PC game. I cannot see that getting picked up on console. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know? EverQuest, I mean, like, if you're an EverQuest player, man... You are into EverQuest. I'm not even sure you're into MMOs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you are into fucking EverQuest. Like, you're locked in. Yeah. Especially by now. Yeah, especially by now. I have a friend. She plays She played EverQuest. She loves EverQuest. She plays games in general. But in terms of MMOs, she played EverQuest and EverQuest 2. She plays, I should say. She goes to, like, Vegas for that conference, for the SOE conference. So, okay. yeah, man, like, that, that's its own thing, <laughs> to yeah. be honest with you. Uh, but, um, yeah, like, actually, uh, Smidley, he 
I guess maybe not as soon as the sale was done, but I guess when when the news was announced, he released a tweet saying he was excited to make Xbox One games, and I I kind of wanted to snidely reply like why so nobody can buy your games, but <laughs> that would just been mean. Hey, we'll, we'll, it would have been we'll get, unnecessary. We'll get to that. We'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that, stop, stop, stop vaguely referencing what we're going to talk about later. Oh, Nick, stop calling the kettle black here, please. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, yeah, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, what else? Uh, so, well, as you know, uh, Joystick shut down this Tuesday. But, well, now they have this thing called Joystick X and Gadget, which some of the Joystick staffers went over to Engadget and one, are running their one, games. My back. understanding is it was one Joystick staffer. Well, Jessica Condit? Oh, no, I didn't realize that they, they brought her over, too. I thought there was just, like, the one editor. Oh, no, but, yeah, Jessica Condit definitely has articles over there. So, uh, they did that, but, you know, WoW Insider and Massively, they were uh, going to go belly up, but they, we know they that. They were killed. They, they, they were, they were flat-out killed. Yeah. So, WoW, the guys from WoW Insider, they did their Kickstarter. No, no, oh, they, no, Patreon. WoW, WoW Insider did the Patreon, and Massively did the Kickstarter as Massively Overpowered. And uh, what was it? Uh, as of last check, Wow Insider has thirteen thousand five hundred dollars for their Patreon, um, and all they all, the most they asked for was twelve thousand. So they're well over budget there. Though it's you know being a huge fan of Wow Insider, I mean it was kind of sad to kind of watch them slowly dying all over the course of the week, and then like you know so they the site shut. You know they were hinting that oh we're going to do something, we're going to do something. The site shuts down Tuesday at five. They immediately announce their. Uh, their their Patreon and people had actually found the Patreon before five on Tuesday and they already had a thousand dollars I think before before they even formally announced it so they it took them six hours to get to the the eight thousand dollar mark which they were hoping for just to get the site running um, and they did a they did a it was funny because on Monday night they did the last Wow Insider podcast and everybody was a little sad that it was ending but you could tell there was a little bit of fire in them like there's something coming but we can't talk about it and then Tuesday night they did the first uh, Blizzard Watch is their new site they did the first Blizzard Watch podcast and there you that you could tell they were all just super happy and super stoked and I mean, they've already hit their funding goals, so they're looking forward um, to bringing everybody back. Uh, and the same goes for Massively as well. They hit their, they did their Massively OP Kickstarter. They were requesting fifty thousand uh, dollars. They hit that, uh, I think, today. Um, and so they'll, they've got their own funding plan going forward. Um, but everybody, because both sites, uh, AOL did a massive uh, budget cut about a year ago. And so both sites had to cut a bunch of columnists and they were, they've been kind of hurting for the last year. And so now every, they're bringing everybody back, everybody that got let go a year ago. Um, they're bringing them back on to, to, to write about whatever they were writing about and whatnot. So the sites going forward, um, it looks like AOL wasn't even monetizing them properly. Like b- both editors for, for massively and, uh, and, and Blizzard Watch were saying that uh, they weren't making the kind of money that they should have been um, w- with the way the sites were being used. So uh, it looks like they'll be the, the, the sites will probably be bigger and better without AOL involved, which is great. So as I mean, you know, I you know I, I check massively from time to time, but really I you know I spend all my time over on WoW Insider, so I'm I'm super excited to see where they go with Blizzard Watch. Yeah, I mean, I, I was never big into WoW Insider or massively because you know. While I play MMOs, I I was never I I, I didn't get that deep into them. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would say probably Destiny is the biggest MMO that I'm involved in right now. Which, but, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say the thing is, it, in this case, it's not even so much about playing the games. I mean, that helps, but 
I mean, there's so many times on WoW Insider to be like, well, I haven't played WoW since, you know, Wrath of the Lich King, but I come here every day or I still check this for, you know, just to follow it. Like in this case, it was, it was the AOL, you know, it was AOL was killing these communities. I mean, massively. And when WoW Insider had, had communities of people that those sites were like hubs for them to go to, because I mean, one of the big complaints that I kept seeing when this came up on Reddit was that, oh, you know, why would you go to WoW Insider? You know, you can get all your news a day earlier on MMO Champions. You know, and it's nobody was going there because they wanted the latest news. They were going there because they liked the community, like the, the opinions when they would come out. And, you know, they, they like the editors there. And, you know, it was it was kind of sad to see that threatened with going away. But the fact I mean, seriously, they 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 they, they did the one the, their farewell podcast. And then the next day, their welcome back podcast. We couldn't miss them because they were never gone. Right. So, so I mean, it's. It, it was, it's really, it's a testament to the community of those two sites. And it's really a giant middle finger to AOL because there was no, I mean, I, you know, there, it, there was no need to kill them. And I, I, if, if somebody at AOL was paying attention, I mean, they, they, they would, they would have at least sold them. They got nothing out of this, nothing. And, you know, clearly there's revenue to be had there. Oh yeah. Well, probably maybe not be enough that for, uh, for AOL to, Consider it successful. That's the thing with these with these big companies. If you're not pulling in big numbers, then they 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 don't really think it's worth it. And that's yeah. part of the problem. Like it was, it was the site was probably gonna be it was probably gonna make more than enough to keep the site alive and to pay the people who were on it. But it wasn't gonna be enough to make AOL profitable. Bring AOL profit, at least the profits they wanted. So they uh, you know cut them, give them the hex. But I guess my point is just that those brands were worth something, and AOL got nothing for them. Like oh, that's yeah. just that's just a shitty trade. Yeah, well, they're probably not even really paying attention to it, so they, no. they probably don't even miss it. No, because as we know, AOL is not the most attentive. No, not at all. All right, so um, yeah, so it's good that those sites are back up for those who who read them. Um, I'm happy for Nick. I'm happy for you. <laughs> don't be happy for me. Be happy, <laughs> be, be happy for those guys because they don't. You know, they effectively got to keep their job, and now they're doing it their way. Let's see, they, now they know how we feel. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> you know, we don't see, answer to the man. We don't answer to the man. Actually, I think I'm the man here. You are the man. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, next news bite. Uh, so I guess maybe there's a, there's a problem with game uh, addiction, or at least the, the South Korean government thinks there is a problem with game addiction. And so they released these game addiction ads that are terrible. And uh, we'll make sure we have the link in the... Uh, and the show notes, but like it, it, the game addiction they represent in this in these videos does not represent game addiction at all, for the most part because these people were outside. Like so, like you know, you have a, a guy who's at work, he's playing a game like on his phone, and he turns, and all of a sudden he visualizes like an enemy from a video game. And there was in the unedited commercial, uh, they had a point where he was walking down a flight of steps. And like an elderly woman was walking up, and then he visualizes her as like this axe wielding game enemy, and he starts punching her. <laughs> this this grandma, okay. They re-edited the commercial so he's not punching the grandmother anymore. Uh, but yeah, like real game addiction happens like you know, in a basement, in an apartment, not going outside, just playing games, ordering from like fucking Panda Garden, you know, three to yes. five days a week. Yes. That's game addiction. 
yeah, real game addiction is like your friends are like, "Hey, man, come on out," and you're like, "No, I don't feel like it." And then you're sitting there still playing your game. Like, yeah, that's that, that's yeah, game not, addiction. Not, not this 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 is some other kind of mental health issue. That if this is what South Koreans are suffering from, they they really need to go see a doctor. Yeah, that that this is like really really something else. <laughs> the only no the the only part that I kind of I, I could at least kind of relate to is there's one part where there's a, a girl sitting at a desk and I guess she's staring off into the distance like she sees the game in her head and she's tapping her finger on a desk like she's hitting a mouse or a button or something and like okay like I, I maybe I can kind of see that but I'm thinking like you're going through like some kind of like you know like button rotation in your head and it's like you're sitting at this desk you got nothing else going on right now so why not like try to be like okay let me just practice for my raid later tonight make sure I got my my skills on point like that's not addiction that's just that's just good time management yeah that <laughs> yeah it's still not the game addiction as as we would you know no. see it you know game addiction is sitting in front of a game for 36 hours without drinking water or going to the bathroom. Yes. That's game addiction. Yeah. Ignoring so, the screaming baby in the other room because you, you won't get up from your chair. Yes. Yes. So you got it, you got it wrong, South Korea. You got to get it together. You know, but I guess those commercials wouldn't be as entertaining. Maybe all the talented people would have been able to work on this, except they're all addicted to games. Oh, see, there you, you're a genius, Nick. Goddamn genius. <laughs> all right, let's move on to our next news bite. Uh, so there was going to be a, uh, a League of Legends tournament in the Philippines. Okay, it was an all girls female. It was all girls tournament. Did I say all female tournament? I think so. Yeah, all, all, uh, yeah. So I should. I didn't even need to say all girls. But it was a all female tournament, which I think is kind of silly, but it does have its uh, advantages because some people will join it just because it's all female. I guess it, it takes some of the the stress away from there being male competitors. I guess, but I think separating. You know, genders in, in a game competition is kind of silly, but I see why they do it. Anyway, that's not the part that we want to talk about. The part that I want to talk about is the fact that there was restrictions on the number of lesbian, gay, and transgender women who could compete on each team. The, that number was one. So one out of your five members could be lesbian, gay, transgender, and that was it. And the, the reason, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the reason... For this was because they said that th those women were tougher than normal women. I'm trying to find the exact quote, and I don't I don't quite see it exactly. But yeah, they they said they said here we go. Some players may probably have some unfair advantage if they're LGBTQ, <laughs> which I don't know what that unfair advantage is, but that's <laughs> that that's what they said. That's what they said. <laughs> so you can only have one per team. Yeah, well, they, they've lifted that restriction at this point. Obviously, there was some backlash. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> All right. Now I can compose my team of Lesbo ringers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, like, yeah. Um, it, it's just funny because, they, obviously, they want to bring more women into the competitive scene. Uh, that's why they have the all-female competition to begin with. But then you, now you're still discriminating against certain groups, which is just kind of funny. But yeah, like, uh, yeah, yeah. So that that happened. That that's a non-issue at this point. Uh, quick one: Rise of the Tomb Raider. If you were looking for that on the Xbox 360, you probably should know that that is not being developed by Crystal Dynamics. That is being developed by a third-party studio named Nixus Software. Okay. Now, according to Crystal Dynamics, um. 
they said they're very impressed with what Nixus has done so far when they did the demo. Uh, and also Nixus has worked on other ports for Crystal Dynamics, included uh, Tomb Raider Definitive Edition and Laura Croft and the Guardian of Light. Uh, so, I mean, it may not necessarily be a problem. And actually, I haven't played Tomb Raider Definitive Edition, but if all they had to do was, if all they had to do was copy the original Tomb Raider and make it prettier, you know, I, I can't imagine it's going to be, it's that big of a deal. Uh, or it was that difficult. But yes, you should know that, so you might want to wait up on reviews for the Xbox 360 versions, if you can find one. I, you know, at this point, getting reviews for Xbox 360 ports, unless it's, like, a uh, a specific game itself, I can't see it happening. You know, even, like, the only reason we even heard about the other Assassin's Creed last year, which I still want to play it, but I can't. I well, know I can, because I have a PS3. Um, because, the only reason we heard about this is because that was, like, last gen specific you know so we'll see but yeah you should you should know that uh moving on counter-strike more bans related to match fixing it looks like what was it uh i'm looking for the number here they banned was it another 14 players is that what it was yeah yeah they they, evidence uh citing evidence of match fixing three teams and 14 players have been disqualified from esl1 csgo qualifiers while five more players are under investigation. So this match-fixing thing is going deep, and Valve is really, really trying to clear house, which is good. You know, it, it's good because, you know, they want the uh, they want their competitive scene to be taking, taken more seriously, you know? So you can't have, you know, if you have a rampant cheating and the people that are cheating are kind of just out there, and, you know, it, it makes it makes things look bad. So good for Valve for actually getting involved uh, with that. Now, <clears throat> I will make this point that if if this uh, these competitive scenes were controlled by the community like they used to, this would have been handled a lot faster. Maybe somebody emailed Gabe. Oh, Nick, <laughs> stop doing that. <laughs> we're gonna... Just let it go. Just let it go. <laughs> We're we're gonna get into that. Uh, actually, are we? I can't. I don't, yeah, th- I, I don't think we were. Just let it go. Actually, I uh, no no no. I, I'm gonna bring it up now. I guess thank you for the reminder. That's something that we were gonna talk about, but I actually forgot, forgot to put it into the fucking show notes. Oh, see, I'm actually being helpful. No, but not normally. This is an exception to the rule. <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, that's what's happening with Counter Strike. I'm just gonna talk. I'll bring up Nick's little side comment about Gabe. So there was a guy who. Uh, he had a problem. I guess he needed his password reset for his Steam account. Contacted Steam support. Didn't hear anything for a week. He contacts Gabe. Say, hey, you know, I thought I'd give this a shot. Uh, see who will respond faster. You or Steam support. I gave them a week head start. And Gabe responds. Gets his ticket pushed. And gets it taken care of. And, I mean, that's great and all. That, you know, Gabe Newell was really, uh, he's involved with making sure that everybody's happy on Steam. And he said that, you know, we all work for Steam support. He said, so yeah, that's great and all, but it's a, it's a problem that has been a problem with Steam for a very long time. They're really shitty support, okay? I don't know how many people they have working on support, but it feels like they have, like, two. Apparently, they have the whole company. Well, that's what they say, but it doesn't feel like it. <laughs> no. I, my, my, my account got hacked back in, like, 2008, 2007, 2008. It took them a week to respond to me about the uh, hacked account, and then they gave me a account back. Not my account, a account. They gave me an account back. Then 
I told this is not my account. This is not my games. These aren't my achievements. Then they said, okay. They took them another week to get me my account back. So two weeks I had I was without my account because of Steam support. You know, like that that's that's a bit much, especially when Steam so it had like oh say, well, a few years ago I don't even know what the current numbers are, but they were boasting like seventy five million accounts. Yeah, that's a lot for you not to have adequate support. Well, I wonder if you know Gabe says like everybody at the company to support. I wonder if that's kind of his his way of saying like. Like, we don't actually have anybody dedicated to support. It's just whoever looks in the support queue and takes care of it. Like That's unacceptable. Yeah. That's, that, that's unacceptable. So, yeah, like, while this story is kind of cool, it still it's, it shines a negative light on Steam support. You know? The, the best part of the story I like is that the guy was like, hey, do you mind if I say that, like, I emailed you and you got this taken care of? Because I don't want it to get out that, like, it's faster to email Gabe than it is to contact Steam support. And Gabe was like, yeah, that's fine. And so that's why we know the story. Yeah. <laughs> Gabe could have very easily said, like, yeah, you know what? Keep this on the down low, and nobody would know about it. But very no. true. So, yeah. So if you have any problems with, you know, match fixing or, you know, your password's locked or, you know, maybe you can't even get into your house. Just email Gabe. He'll fix it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, next up is Nintendo, uh, their creative program under more heat. Uh, this time it's because they can't – they're getting too many applications – for um, for channels to be part of their creators program, so Nintendo released a statement saying, you know, due to the the sheer volume, uh, you know, we just want to let you know that we're, we're you know, it it it's taking a bit longer to get through these applications than uh, you know they expected. Now they said <laughs> they also made another statement. It says it one thing that'll help your channel get approved faster is if you remove non-whitelisted games from your channel in terms of the Nintendo stuff, which brings to light the fact that there's a whitelist. You can only do certain Nintendo games. You can only stream certain Nintendo games. So not only do you want 60%, not sorry, 60%, but 40% of their, of, you know, the money they're getting from ads. But on top of that, you, they can only do certain games. Like what is, why, why there's so many games to do let's play of. Why would they do, you know, why would a community of people do uh, Nintendo games? I mean, sure, some people can probably... So the fact that a lot of streamers aren't going to get involved in, with Nintendo because of this means that certain streamers will have an advantage because if they focus on Nintendo only, there's only going to be a few of them, so they'll get more ad revenue. But, you know, that that that's not what you want. You want, you, you want as many people as possible to do these Let's Plays so you can reach as many people as possible, right? Yeah, yeah, It it, it doesn't... I mean, I don't like one of the games that that's not whitelisted is Super Smash Brothers. Like, why would you why would you not want that whitelisted? Like, what like what are you hiding? What are you protecting? What perceived value is there that you're not you're concerned about? Because it it's like the fact. I mean, the fact that this is kind of their their uh, their uh, their negotiated stance right now. That this is kind of what they came to after everybody panned their earlier uh, their earlier round of. Uh, well, actually, the fact that they just banned Let's Plays altogether. Um, the fact that this is kind of their first move. Uh, they, they don't get it. They still don't get it. And the whitelist is just another sign that they don't get it. You can't, you can't whitelist any of this. You can't you – know, you don't really have the power to, to, to negotiate here. I mean you may claim that it's your game and it's, it's your IP and stuff. But if you want to use these channels the way they're intended, you have to give them the freedom. And they don't get that yet. No. So another bad move from Nintendo. Uh, last thing here on our news bites, it's it's a video you should check out. And Battlefield Hardline, 
there are secret reloading animations. Uh, meaning I, it's like one in every, if with certain guns, you have to use certain guns, like one was the Desert Eagle, and uh, one was the AK, I can't remember what number, but AK something, and one was like one of the RPG launches. Yes. There are, like once, one in every 10,000 reloads. And that's not just you reloading, but, you know, that's the, the chance, you have one in 10,000 chance of getting a special reload. Uh, you do these special reload animations, which, you know, are funny, like, um, like one with the with the RPG was the guy tries to reload the RPG the wrong way, yes. and then he throws it in the air and then catches it on the other side with the RPG. Uh, one was a guy try he instead of reloading his weapon with one hand, he pulls up the clip and another hand comes out of nowhere and reloads the gun for him. Yes, okay, the third arm. My favorite one was the Desert Eagle magic trick. Yes. Okay, that was the, <laughs> that that was yes. that was the best one, where the guy goes to reload the Desert Eagle. And then he makes it disappear, like from his hands, and he looks at both sides, and he makes it reappear in the other hand. Yeah, he does it like one of those magic tricks where it's like you make something disappear into your hand. Like he turns his hands around, and then it's like the gun's not there, and then poof, the gun's there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, there was another one too. I like the where there's one of the revolvers, and he spins the uh, he spins the barrel, and he just throws the bullets right into the barrel as it's spinning. Oh, I didn't even see that one. So that's yeah, they've they've got some and then there's another one, I guess it's supposed to be a nod to dead space or something where he he lo- he uh he puts the cartridge in by making it float. Oh yeah, the telekinesis from yeah. Dead Space, yeah. Yeah, so that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. So that uh if you're playing Battle for Harlan Beta, you might want to check that out. Uh so yeah, let's move into our topics. That's it for the news bites. First things first, let's talk about PS4 holiday sales. So I thought that Sony released their holiday sales number early in January, but it turns out that was just a projection, which was like 4.7 million, I believe, like yes. was the was the projection, okay? And that was a projection based off of the previous year, which was 4.5 million. Come to find out, in PS4s alone, the last three months of 2014, October, November, December, Sony sold 6.4 million PS4s. Okay? That's 0.2 million less than Microsoft sold Xbox 360s and Xbox Ones. Okay? Sony sold an additional 3.3 million in PlayStation 3s. Okay? So they hit, they, they just about hit like 10 million. Oh, no, just a little under. A little, a little under. 9.7 million consoles. PlayStation console sold. You got to figure though they they got they no well, I don't know you think they got at least like three hundred thousand Vitas or, or uh, they're not doing PSPs anymore so yeah it would have been Vitas right you think they hit te- they hit ten million with Vitas uh they hit ten million with Vitas I don't know well maybe maybe like they uh, it's I don't know because the only those numbers I'm adding together are just the PlayStation fours and the PlayStation yeah. 3s. And with the Vitas, maybe. I, I, I don't know. I haven't really heard of Vitas making a, uh, a push, to be honest with you. Even though I love the Vita. I love the Vita to death. But I so haven't heard much from You it. have to figure, then, that the PS3 is still outselling the Xbox 360, though? Or otherwise, if it's not, that's terrible news for Xbox, then. Because they sold half as many PS3s as, as Microsoft did all consoles together. So if the Xbox 360 is selling better than the PS3, that means it's the, the, the PS3 is selling better than the Xbox One. Yeah, that, 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 that is true. So Yeah, so I get it. That is, I don't, dude, like, that's incredible. Even with the $50 price drop 
uh, the actually $70 price drop on Black Friday, Sony is still destroying Microsoft in sales. And now, like, I mean, so obviously Microsoft didn't have this didn't have this information before uh, when they decided to do the permanent $50 price drop. But I'm thinking, like, are they planning another price drop because of this information? Because like, at this point, it's pure perception. At this yeah. point, it has to be. At this point, you know, because you would you would expect parents to walk in a store and be like, okay, well, that's cheaper. That's the one he's going to get. But it looks like, I mean, people, and I'm talking about kids here, not adults buying PS4s and Xbox 360s or, like, or, or older gamers doing that. But, you know, a lot of, like, the younger ones where their parents are buying it for them, uh, they have to be specifying PS4. Yeah. They well, have to be specifying. To have right. a $70 difference and the parent still is like, no, give me the PS4. Well, I, we might be overestimating the, the parent effect on console sales because clearly, regardless of whether it's the parents buying it, whether it's people buying it, whether it's kids telling their parents what to buy, this, the, the price difference does not matter. The, the consumers, by and large, they wanted PlayStation 4s. I mean, they also – some of them did also want Xboxes, but not as many. Right. Um, so, yeah, whether it's – you know that that Sony's marketing campaign has been better. Whether it's you know just that people think that their consoles been better. I mean, this is. I mean, this, it could be one of those things too, where Sony's been leading this whole generation, and so now it's like, oh well, you know, so all my friends are all all my kids' friends are have uh, ps 4 so you know we got to be on the same system as them. And, but I and, never hear that. I never hear that more that people are getting PS4s because of their friends. I've only uh, no, I only know one person that did it and that's my friend. He got it because I was playing Destiny and he was playing he had Destiny on the Xbox. And he would probably still be playing Destiny on the Xbox if the people he was playing with did raids and nightfalls and stuff like that, but they didn't. They weren't consistent. I said, "Yo, dude, I'm on we play we play fucking Destiny every day on the PS4." You know what I'm saying? And he was like, yeah, so he bought one and he bought Destiny for it. You know, that he, that's the only person I've heard that bought a PS4 because they're friends. Usually you hear the opposite. Usually you hear people buy Xbox Ones because all their friends have it. There's yeah. a lot of guys who their group of friends, they all had Xbox 360s, so, you know, they bought Xbox Ones, you know, as well. And a lot of those groups of guys aren't necessarily gamers. They're just guys who play Madden and Call of Duty. So, oh, okay, I got an Xbox One, I'm an Xbox 360, I like my Xbox 360. I'm going to go buy Xbox One. And that's what they did. You know? Now, my friend, I don't even think, like, I think he's touched his Xbox One, like, once since he got his PS4. You know? Yeah. I, I never hear that people are buying a PlayStation to play with their friends. Because, historically, the Sony consoles or PlayStation consoles are, are known for their great exclusives. Their great single-player exclusives, specifically. Well, maybe, maybe it, it's because well, I, I, there's no PS4 exclusive at this point, though. Yeah, there, there is. What? What? Infamous? Oh, uh, Killzone? Yeah, but none of those are none of those are are, are console movers, really. I mean, uh, I mean they, Infamous is. You better have, recognize. They have, you better they recognize. Have, they have their fans. I'm not saying they don't have their fans, but I don't think we're gonna have I'm, a long talk about your employment here. <laughs> 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 no, but. <laughs> Uh, that's it. I'll, I'll start a Patreon. I'll go independent. Yeah. Um, but uh, 
no, but I wonder if like maybe this is the this is also the effect of of Destiny being better for PS4. That maybe that little subtle like you know the PS4 the you know being the the uh, ultimate Destiny experience. Maybe this is kind of the build up for that, or at least whatever difference in sales between the Xbox and the PS. Uh, and, the, and the PS4 would have been, you know, that's what's making the difference here is that that little extra shift towards Sony because, hey, you want that extra, what is it, an extra strike that's in, uh, you know, a strike in like a battleground or something? I, I forget what exactly you get on the PlayStation you don't get on the Xbox. Oh, on the on the PlayStation, there's a couple things. First of all, there's, uh, I think the Hawkmoon is a PlayStation exclusive weapon, which is re-fucking-diculous, by the way, that gun. Um... Exodus Blue is a map, is a multiplayer map, a crucible map that you can't get on Xbox. Uh, you get, uh, what else you get? You get an extra strike with the uh, Darkness Below. And there's okay. something else, I can't remember. My, the box is too far away from me, but go ahead. But, yeah, but I mean, it, those all sound like relatively minor things, but maybe just knowing that those advantages are there. If you're, if you're, if you know, you're going to, you know, you're going to get into destiny, you know, you want to play that with all your friends may, you know, and you know that you can all have a better time on the PlayStation four. Maybe that's just enough to tip whatever slate, you know, you know, even if a couple hundred thousand people, like, you know, Sony's way and they're, they're, you know, it helps them dominate. Right. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it doesn't have something to do with it. I don't necessarily think so. It's just, like, cause, I mean, well, Destiny is a, is a, it's a huge game, but it doesn't feel like it. Like, even though Destiny's a big game, it doesn't feel like a Call of Duty yet. No. You know? Like, yeah. And, and the thing is, like, it's not, it's not a, uh, you know, like a console exclusive. I mean, you do get some better stuff, but it's not, like, really a console exclusive. So, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's just, I, it's amazing to me. I really thought, I really thought that Nintendo, um, Microsoft was going to come out on top of the holiday season. Because the price drop, and no, Sony is just like, this is, this is, as they say in the Crucible, this this isn't a fight, this is a massacre. <laughs> this isn't a fight, this is a massacre. This you is know, crazy. But the thing, though, too, though, okay, so you cited, like, Infamous and Killzone is kind of like, they're like the big PlayStation tent poles. So then what would you consider to be the Xbox tent poles as far as reasons for people to go buy an Xbox? Does that silence answer your question? <laughs> like I really I really I really can't tell you anything because I'm trying to think of what game would move <sighs> I mean what Halo Master- the, the Halo the Master Chief Collection for Halo is the best game on the system was the best exclusive game on the system I will say um, alright but Sunset Overdrive <laughs> no I keep forgetting to take that to get traded in like, that's how I feel <laughs> about that game but they have nothing like they have nothing that makes me want to get the console. I got the console because of the price drop. I said when because I knew I was gonna need one eventually. At least I thought I was. <laughs> you know, I thought I was gonna need a, an Xbox <laughs> eventually. Uh, so I was like, okay, when the price drops, I'll get it. You know what I'm saying? The price drops, so that's what I did. And there is not a single game on that console that I would buy. I will buy a console for that. Now that I have the Xbox, I was like, okay, fine. I'm gonna get Master Chief Collection. So I have the games that I actually play on the Xbox when I do play it. It's either between Forza or Halo, and that's it. Forza. Yeah. I do have to say, Forza is is gorgeous. It is gorgeous. Uh, it's actually, I'll be honest, it's probably one of the better racing games out right now. Racing games are really in the shitter, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. Like racing games, like it's not like it used to be. We used to get at least a good racing game every year. At 
least one. At least one. And now if it doesn't really feel like that. I mean, Grid 2 came out last year, which was... Not Grid 2, sorry. Grid Autosport came out last year, which I thought that was all right. Uh, but definitely not as good as Grid 2. I don't know. We need, we need like a racing game renaissance, man. And this wouldn't be happening if they wouldn't have dismantled Bizarre, and I still blame Activision for that shit. This is because Maggie Q is too busy filming her TV show to get involved with any games. No, she's the reason. I blame Need for Speed Undercover on her 100%. She spent too much money on her, and therefore they didn't have enough money to spend on the game. That's the story I'm sticking with. Because that game was trash. But don't get me started on that, Nick. <laughs> Either way, Sony is killing it, man. 6.4 million sales for the PS4. Uh, 3.3 million sales for the Xbox 3, for the uh, PS3. Like, that's, this is insane. And uh, I don't know, man. I wonder what, not, now that Microsoft has this info, it's like, well, what are they going to do? You know? Uh, we could just move on to our next topic from there because Microsoft is pushing out a big update um, this year. And a lot of things are, are I don't want to say changing, but at least uh, uh, improving. So, you know, uh, First thing, I think one of the bigger things, which I, I'll be honest with you, I haven't played my Xbox One enough to notice if this is a problem, but, you know, they're giving controller improvements. Like, you know, it won't take as long for the controller to connect to the Xbox uh, to the Xbox One, and uh, they're also uh, giving stability improvements to the controller. I guess people had problems with the controller actually disconnecting from the Xbox itself. Hmm. I haven't played my Xbox enough for because I'm still using the batteries that came with the controller. Okay. So I, I haven't played my Xbox enough for, to actually drain those batteries down. <laughs> Which, you know, I don't know if that means it doesn't take that much battery power or if it actually means I just don't play it enough. I think based off your earlier comments, you don't <laughs> play it enough. You're probably not the, the best test case scenario for this. Yeah, definitely not. Uh, now, also, they're introducing game hubs, which I guess... This is kind of what the PS4 already has. When you go to a game, if you if you press down, it brings up a bunch of information for said game. Uh, and I guess you can also see what your friends are doing in that game, like their achievements, any videos published, things like that. Um, so they're bringing that to the Xbox One. So yay, I guess. Uh, party chat updates, um, there's going to let you know the status of the chat connection, uh, on the party chat. The first time I really used party chat, I had a, I had a horrible time, horrible time just getting it to work. So any improvement to party chat would be helpful. Um, there will be, I guess, there's improved connectivity between multiple participants with strict or moderate nets. PS4 has this problem where... You know, you can start a party, right? And then certain people in the party can't hear each other because of network settings. Hmm. We've had that happen before. And multiple. Um, uh, multiple times, to be honest with you. Uh, so, game and party invitations will now show you... Uh, they're, they're making improvements to... So you can quickly see who's inviting you to what. That was an issue, I guess. And uh, they're also doing performance performance on... Uh, person-to-person connectivity for party chats. So it's going to decrease the time it takes for it to, to, to actually do that connection. Uh, let's see. Custom backgrounds, which... And trial tile transparency. Uh, I knew you can already you can already do custom backgrounds, because the first thing I did was customize my background. Uh, but I didn't know that you can uh, 
I guess now you can make your tiles transparent, which will be helpful. So it doesn't like a lot of stuff doesn't block my background. And for those who don't know, there is a template on the Microsoft site on the Xbox site that will allow you to see what your background will look like on the Xbox One if you have Photoshop. So you might want to check that if you have Photoshop and you're looking to make a, a custom background for your Xbox. That's how you do it. That's cool. Um, there's some TV updates. We're gonna skip that because who watches TV on their Xbox? Some people do. Yeah, and you probably you're part of the problem. You're part of the problem. Right? <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm gonna hear about that. Oh yeah. <laughs> you don't have an Xbox. I don't, but I know people who do. Oh well. Oh well. <sighs> you know, I do too. I, I do too. You know what? You know, you're right. We're gonna talk about it. We're gonna talk about it. I do know somebody who who watches TV through his Xbox. Uh, most people I know do not. I'll be honest, I can't even try it out because I use a TiVo, and my TiVo is old, so it doesn't even have an HDMI connection. So, that, that, that for that. But anyway, sorry. TV updates. Um, there will be a T... Now, I'll be honest with you, I'm going to go through this. I don't even know if this stuff is already on the console or if they're just improving it uh, because, I don't, like I said, I'm going to watch TV through my Xbox. So, TV trending in the one guide, it looks like you'll be able to, uh, I guess there's a... Uh, There'll be a section where you can see what TV shows are trending on Xbox or on Twitter. All right. Uh, there's a live TV trending going to new countries. So I guess maybe that is a that is a feature. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, it's going to gonna, gonna go to new countries. Uh, improved control of TVs, set-top boxes, and audio-video receivers. Uh, so I guess if you have... Actually, I don't even know if does the Xbox have a remote. I guess it does. It has to at this well, it's, point. It's got the connect. No, no. I want something <laughs> I can feel. It's got to have a remote. So it has a remote. It looks like you control all of your devices, like a universal remote. That would make a lot of sense since they're trying yeah. to make a media center. I, I just like it says updates to the IR blasting database for new models have been added. Yeah. So I just like there's an IR blasting database. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So let's see. Trick play with Xbox One digital TV tuner. Xbox One digital TV tuner owners in supported countries, United Kingdom, France, Germany, Italy, and Spain, are now able to see video frames when fast-forwarding or rewinding pause TV on Xbox One's consoles. Wow, that was not enabled before? At least in those countries, I guess. Yeah, it sucks. That, you know what does that? Amazon Instant Video does that shit. I hate it. When you're rewinding or fast-forwarding, mm. you don't see the frames. You just see the time going back. Yeah. They need to get, the, get with the program, just copy Netflix and have that button that takes you back 10 seconds or 30 seconds. Yes. Come on now, get with the program. Admit when, admit when you have the lesser product. <laughs> just copy the big guys. Uh, let's see. So live TV streaming on Windows Phone and Android. That's, that's nice. You can stream. Uh, if you have an Xbox One, you'll be able to stream to those devices. That's, that's pretty cool. You know. Uh, and one guide for the Netherlands. So for TV updates, I don't think there's there's that, there's that much going on. There. Yeah, it looks like most of this is just they're adding stuff for Europe and yes. Brazil and Brazil yes. and Mexico and Mexico. So the big thing is I'll say the party chat stuff because the party chat was horrific when I used it. Horrific. Uh, game hubs, which like I said, if you have a PS4, you know what that's like already. Uh, and for Xbox owners, I think that'll be a it'll be a pretty nice change. What they really need, to, what they really need to do in the next update is improve how fast the the uh, the fucking uh, interface is. Because the interface is slow, man. It really is slow. Like going, just going into your friends menu from the the start from the Xbox menu 
is it's slow, man. Like, especially when you're coming off a of PS3. Maybe if you don't have a PS3, if you don't have a PS3, uh, you probably you may not notice. But if you look at how quickly you can look at you can get to your friends or anything in the PS3 interface versus on the Xbox interface, whether it be friends or settings or anything like that, the Xbox interface is so slow. And I really wish that they would snap that up, make it better. You know, so who knows? With Windows 10 releasing, they may make it better. They may try to re- they may try to resemble that a bit more. So we'll see. Let's move on to our next topic. This comes from uh, Casual Connect 2015, and uh, uh, Thorzen Rouser he uh, kicked off Casual Connect with a. Uh, with a, uh, I think uh, with a few statements that we can all agree with. Um, I hope we all agree with. Oh, we hope we all agree with. Yeah, but uh, I'm, to to make a long story short, he started. He said that if we look at casual games in 2015, what's out there is mostly crap. And he's talking about free to play games that capitalize on like making money off of like children. Or, or capitalizing off of, like, uh, gambling tendencies, you know, uh, to make people just, you know, want to spend more money. Uh, he says it makes the, the industry look bad. He actually even talked about, that. he talked about that convention specifically. He talked about, you know, if you look at, you know, who was coming a few years ago and who's coming now, he said there's way more people who had their backgrounds in the gambling industry that are now coming to that convention. And that makes a lot of sense when you look at free-to-play games. It says, you know, we're we're selling games to children. We sell them hundred-dollar packages of fake currency and make their parents pay because we can easily manipulate them. And we've seen more than one report of parents, you know, going getting up in arms because they have a fifteen hundred-dollar, you know, bill and not bill, but a fifteen hundred-dollar like expense on their credit card from their children buying fake fish. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So, so I, it, it got to the point where Apple had to enable uh, some parental controls for uh, app and app purchases. You know, it's it's something that we, like you know, as as regular gamers, we see all the time. Like you know, we've been saying for a long time that free to game, free to play, is really just pay to win, and that's what it feels like. Now, luckily, I think in in the hardcore space, we haven't seen too much of that there's just a fear that it could become the norm you know i don't i feel like pay to win is a little bit misleading because i mean ostensibly that's kind of what's happening there i think but i I don't think it it applies to all games i mean you can have a single player game and are you paying to win but you're you're winning against the computer so it's almost like what are you paying for i think it's really what those games are is they're pay for fun like if you want to get to the fun part, and normally you know winning is the fun part, but even just the fun part of the gameplay or anything, that's always what's behind the paywall. It's just paying for the actual, you know, experience of the game. That's what they're always making you pay for. Yeah, but I mean, like when you pay for sixty bucks on a title, you for, <laughs> this day and age, it's almost like you never get the full title or no. full game. It's very rare that you'll get. I was going to say it's very rare, but sometimes, like, well, Destiny, I'll talk specifically, it really feels like they chopped the shit out of that game. And with Call of Duty as well, like, uh, you're paying for map packs every three months, you know, for a year. Yeah. Um, some games, like Infamous, I think they did the DLC great with that game. Not only did the, 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 the game itself feel full, you know, 
But on top of that, the DLC was standalone. So even exactly. if you didn't have the game, you could pay $15 for this DLC, and it was pretty good. Well, there, there was no... I mean, for Infamous, there was no DLC like, you know, buy these costumes or buy these guns or buy these maps. Like, everything... The only DLC was the, the was the first... So what, second, no, second first son light. was the game. Yeah, first first light, light was the yeah. Yeah, I was get that backwards. Um, yeah, the only DLC was first light. Right. Yes. So yeah. So that that's not that's kind of what DLC should be. Is there shouldn't be like you know like DLC should only be either like cosmetic content that doesn't actually affect the experience of the game, or it should be something completely standalone so that you can enjoy the game by itself by itself. Anytime you put because anytime you put put out a map for a game. Anytime you put out, you know, more more features for a game that you know again aren't cosmetic that are actually required, then then there's almost there's there's a community pressure to have to get that because oh you know look at what happened with Destiny when the Dark Below came out and that first weekly strike was the you know required the Dark Below for it and everybody was like that's bullshit you know I yeah. I didn't feel like buying the Dark Below why am I locked out of the bonus from my weekly strike and that was I, I feel like that. W- that was poorly managed by Bungie, but at the same time, you, you you understand what they're doing. They're like, no, if you know, if you want the full game experience, you need to buy this, and we're going to entice you in whatever way we can. And if that includes making the, you know, making this our recommended strike for the week, basically, you know, basically saying like, oh, you didn't pay your twenty dollars, well, you're SOL. You know, that's that's entirely their prerogative, but that also that's the prerogative of an asshole. Yes, and you know, and that's kind of what what Rouser is saying here is that. A lot of the a lot of the practices that we've seen that work within mobile gaming they they work because they they prey upon people and by preying upon people you're being an asshole. That is very well put, Nick. That is basically he came out hard too. He did not. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. He came out hard because he was talking about people at that convention. At that convention, he was talking about those guys, like you know. but you know, I think you need to because if if you think about it, I mean, he's been in the industry for a while now here, and it's almost like it's almost like the people that actually want to make good games, the people that want to make good mobile games, like they're getting pushed out of the sector. He talks about how uh, what was it, Af- uh, when Apple purchased the uh, search engine startup Chomp. Right after that, something changed within their search metrics, and it's not clear what. But he says before 2012, if you looked up a trivia game or a Sudoku game or a solitaire game. In May 2012, you would have free results and paid results. By the end of 2012, there were only free results. And so if you're trying to do a legitimate game, you're not look, you know, you just want your money up front. You're not looking for any added on value beyond that. You're not trying to, you know, get people to pay on, a, you know, any kind of subscription plan. You know, if you're just putting out a good game for your one or two dollars, you're getting pushed out of the store altogether. So you know, the, 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 the market is almost saying there's no room for you. And, and at the very least, at the very least, you know, there should be room within the search engine at least, and it shouldn't be behind additional buttons. There's plenty of times that I've opted for well, – I shouldn't say plenty of times because I don't make that many purchases. But usually if I make a, a purchase, I'm fine opting for, you know, let me pay my, you know, 2 or $3 up front because I know I'm not going to get those – you know, with a free-to-play game, you're going to get that, oh, did you want to do this? That's going to be an extra charge. Did you want to do this? That's going to be an extra charge. Let me just buy the game outright up front. You know, not buy a clone, not buy, you know, you know, not buy something exploitive. Let me just buy the real game. I'll pay a little bit more for it, and I'll be happier with the pro, you know, with it. I'm happy to give my money to those people because they worked hard on it. They deserve it, and I'm not, you know, I mean, look at what happened with like threes and stuff and all the clones that pop up there. It's it's bullshit. Right. 
Well, I mean, like, I don't understand why... Well, no, I understand why free-to-play games didn't do it, but it's kind of frustrating. I think every free-to-play game, especially in the hardcore sector, you should have the, buy, the option to buy things piecemeal, but you should also have the option to buy everything together up to a certain point. You know what I'm saying? When they put a free-to-play game out, you should have all the stuff available that they can purchase piecemeal. But then for 60 bucks, I should get everything. I should get all of that shit. Well, you know see, I mean, but I think that's the problem, though, is it's in some, sometimes they don't believe, you know, maybe 60 bucks may be sort of an arbitrary point to set. And I, they may think maybe it's worth $80, everything. You know, maybe, you know, I, like, I, like I'm, I, we can nitpick over the exact price, and I, but I agree that there should be some point where it's like, okay, if you want everything, it's this much. And then just give us that price, let us know how much to buy, and then after that, you're not going to pester us about buying anything after that, because we'll have it all and recovered going forward. Exactly. Like, it should be, you're right, it should be a set price, and it should be my determination whether or not it's worth it or not. However, if anything goes past 60 bucks, I'm going to say no. Yeah. You know, you know, it, it needs to be something pretty damn special for me to get it past sixty dollars. Sixty dollars is already a premium price. Yeah. But that was like one of one of the reasons I stopped playing tribes, like uh, cause I was one of the I think that was one of the first really big free to play games. Tribes Ascend. Yeah. When that came out, I mean it was cool, but like get it like, you know, I really wish like I, these weapons were unlocked, these classes were so these weapons were locked, and these specific classes were locked, and you know you had to get XP. Like sure, if you wanted to, you could definitely, definitely spend a shit ton of time and unlock everything. But they know the average person is not going to do that, and so if I go that route, I'm going to lose interest because I can't get access to specific weapons. And then on top of that, when I do finally have enough points to get a weapon or to get a class, now I have a, a very, very serious decision to make because, like, well, which one do I get? Because I know it's going to take me forever to get the next one. Why not just let me play, pay one price and get everything? They actually eventually did that. Like, their Game of the Year edition for $40 um, had a had pretty much everything up to a certain point. And then, of course, after that, there was more DLC for you to buy. Uh, not DLC, but more content for you to buy. But up to, I could get everything that was offered up to $40. I mean, that was fair, I think. Yeah. That was fair. And they could keep repackaging the Game of the Year edition or into different, these different packages. Okay, well, you buy this for 40 bucks, get the base package. If you want all of these next season weapons together, okay, it's an additional 20 bucks. Fine. I'm okay with that. But don't, like, dollar nickel and dime me to death, you know? Like, what fucking game was like that? Um, Blacklight Retribution. Which I was saddened because I liked that game. I liked Black uh, um, Black Light Retribution, but the thing was like to, for me to build. Well, first of all, a lot of the weapons were between five to seven dollars. Period. And for me to build a weapon the way I wanted to, a uh, price went out to be twenty three dollars. One gun, Nick. That's one insane. Gun. So <laughs> what I ended up doing was uh, giving a big middle finger to the system, and I would go in with like a weak or a, a weak gun kill somebody who had a decent gun and just take their gun and, and, and use that shit. Like, thanks for holding on to that for me, dude. So, That, yeah. that sounds like an argument against gun gun control. Like if, <laughs> if guns cost too much, people are just going to take the guns from the people that have the guns. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, but I, I really like the way he came out here. And he, uh, this is something that you really don't hear from the industry all that much. Uh, you hear a lot from the players... It's, it, it, in the mobile industry, it's definitely a problem. In the console and PC industry, I don't think it's a problem yet, but it is a fear that this is what it will become. 
I mean, EA is on this huge thing about games as a service, and nobody wants games as a service, EA. Nobody wants that shit. We no, want the, our games, and we just want to pay for them. Why the, can't you be happy with that? The problem is the people that want that shit are the people that provide the games. Yes. And so that's that's why it's as big as it is, because the people that you know, the people that provide the, the, the service are the ones pushing for it. Yes, so, you're yeah. right. So, yeah, I, I like this, and hopefully it, it, it rattles some cages and, you know, shakes some things up. Let's move on to our next topic, which is uh, Nintendo's new business. Well, not new business, but it looks like Nintendo wants to go into healthcare. And, and it's not like they're going to be providing insurance or anything like that. They haven't really laid out any... They haven't laid anything out yet. Uh, regarding the uh, you know what they want to do, but it it you don't have to use your imagination to see what they what they want to do, especially with their line of products. I mean, they had that that like heart sensor that they were talking about. They you know the Wii U was a huge boon in terms of for for in exercise. A lot of people got Wii U's just for exercise. They released Wii Fit with the with that board so that you can uh, you know track your stats and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, a piece of information that a lot of people don't realize uh, regarding the 3DS XL. I'm not sure if you knew this, Nick, but the 3DS XL, um, the 3DS, but the DS XL was not made for like gamers. It wasn't made for me. It wasn't made for you. It was actually made for elderly people, hmm. so they could play games. And the reason the 3DS, the reason why the 3DS XL was so big was so they can see the screen. Huh. That's why they got it. So the the 3DS uh, the the XL series of the DS was made for elderly people so they can play. You know, games to stimulate their mind. That's a healthcare thing. Yeah, makes sense. But the thing is, the 3DS XL blew up because a lot of adults play the 3DS or the DS, and we need the biggest screen. Like me, I helped my friend's 3DS uh, a couple months ago, and it's tiny for me. It's tiny. It's too tiny because I have big hands. So I have a I have an XL, which I love. You know, I love it so much. It's I I make it sit in the case all the time. <laughs> so no, you, you you love it like your Xbox then? I love it like my Xbox. No, actually, I do like it a lot. I just don't have a lot of time to play it. I think because usually when I travel, I take my Vita with me. I used to take both, but then when that time my bag got stolen and mm. I lost both, I was like, never again. I'll never lose both my babies again. <laughs> you need to keep like your your uh, your DS like holstered somewhere like in like your pants or something like just like as a precaution. <laughs> yeah. So you know, like, yeah, that, but that's why. So Nintendo has. It isn't like too far off. I mean, they have like you know games like Brain Age, uh, you know games to help with your rhythm. Like I really wish they'd come out with a, a, a remake or a re-release Elite Beat Agents. I loved that game. Did you play that, Nick? Elite no. Beat Agents. Oh, that no. game was so awesome, so awesome. And it was one of those games. It was funny because I didn't want to actually buy it, but I saw the commercial so much, and every time it came on, I bobbed my head a little bit more. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then eventually I went out and I bought it. Um, but, uh, yeah, so this is, a, this is like, a, I can see Nintendo get involved with healthcare from a software perspective. Quality of life type stuff. And I'm curious. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I want to see what it's like. Because Nintendo has been making side stuff for, uh, for a long time, man. Like, there was like a Nintendo baby stroller at one point. There was like Nintendo rice cookers. Nintendo has changed their business model uh, they used to make trading cards, and then they made toys, and now the you know, video games obviously they're bread and butter, but you know they can still they can still make health style video games, and not necessarily attach them to 
the regular Nintendo brand. Yeah. There's a lot of brands there. Like Lego, for example, has an education brand that you cannot buy in stores. You cannot buy the stuff in, in like, if you go to a Lego store or anything like that, you have to order it directly from them. And it's kind of a pain in the ass, but it's for, like, education and teaching and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, uh, I'm curious. I'm curious how, how, what they're going to do. Especially if they can finally use the sleep sensor. But go ahead, Nick. It's one of those things, though, like, because it's Nintendo, I think we're, all, we're quick to put it, like, in the bucket of video games or related to video games. But, like, if Nintendo, like, if Nintendo was, was just put, always put out games for the iPhone, let's say, not that they have, not that they will. But if, like, if all of a sudden they're like, oh, we're going to put out, a, you know, a piece of software for the iPhone that's fitness related, we just say it's a fitness app and move on with it. But just because we're so used to thinking of them as, like, oh, Nintendo video games, like, we still, like, we still have to kind of, like, think to parse that out and separate it and be like no nintendo's you know it may be an electronic device it may have some video game related features and they do like the you know the video game software is often a good motivator for some of this stuff so it'll have those aspects but it's predominantly a healthcare device that has that's related to video games but it, it it's essentially it's independent it's not related to what they do right yeah well like you know we, we, gamification of things non-game related has been picking up for you know almost a decade now. Yes, you know, and um, well, I can only like this is like pure spe- not speculation, but pure hope here. What if Nintendo came out with something like a Lumosity? I, yeah. I would I would lose my shit, dude. What, wasn't that kind of like Brain Age? Ah, uh, yeah, but Brain Age doesn't get updates. Last time I checked. You know, mm. Brain Age, like, you, you end up doing the same thing over, over again. Lumosity gets updates. It uh, tracks your stats, does yeah. all types of stuff. It's pretty cool. Well, yeah, but you're also paying a, a, a subscription for, for Lumosity, whereas Brain Age, you buy it once, and then you're, you're good with it. Right, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's I, – I, I'm, I'm curious, uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. Uh, but I'm not worried that they're going to be leaving video games anytime soon. But uh, let's see, our last topic here, a little bit more Nintendo news is regarding this uh, live-action Zelda that was announced for Netflix. And while some people like some people are not happy, other people was like, oh, yeah, this is going to be cool. Me, I'm in the camp where I don't want it. I, I don't want it, you know. I, I, uh, I know I don't want it because... Um, me and Nick were talking about this a little bit before, but in a live action series, Link has to talk. <laughs> yes. Well, I guess he doesn't have to, but that's gonna be weird. It will, yeah. If if some if everybody if somebody says something to him, and he just kind of sits there. Yeah. Yeah, that that's the thing. Like he, a big part of Zelda is that you know Link is a uh, he's a silent hero. It's kind of yeah. like there's a lot of hero, not a lot of heroes, but there's quite a few heroes like that. You know, Link, Gordon Freeman, Shell. Like you can't have those. You can't have them talking. You know, yeah. like that's part well, of their thing. That, that that's it's a draw of being the player. Well, I think you can have them being quiet, but the thing is, the world needs to support them being quiet. And like I'm, um, like I'm trying to think. Uh, was it Grand Theft Auto Three? The uh, the antagonist there, he was quiet, right? Uh, yes, he I was. Think the, yeah, because it was. I think the subsequent one. I think the it was 
Vice City. Uh, Vice City, where that you actually started talking. Um, but the world there was populated enough, and everybody else there was so vocal. You could have like you could kind of do a movie off that, and like let the world speak, and then you have this one guy, you know, like the protagonist can be quiet. Zelda doesn't work that way. Like Zelda, Link's a crucial part to the Zelda universe, and for him to be going around, like I don't like like how did like how how would they interact? How would he interact with the world? And I mean, one of the things that. Uh, one of the things that the the uh, the article mentions uh, is that it was it was described as Game of Thrones for a family audience. Like the whole thing about Game of Thrones is it's all this political intrigue and all these different families battling for for dominance. You don't quite have that here. Definitely like, not. And so I mean it's it's one guy going out and collecting these pieces of the Triforce. And there's I mean I guess there's a few different families if you count like the Goron and the Zora. You know, as far as uh, you know, like where Link has to go to help them, but there's no, there's no massive conflict. It's just Link versus you know Ganon and all his his, his henchmen. I mean, that's it's it's it. I don't I don't see how it's equitable. The only thing I can think is that whoever pitched this, you know, like marketing execs always need to have something broken down into like the basic terms that they can understand. And so the, the closest analog they could come up with was game of Thrones, which, okay, fine, but it's not, it's not at all like that. And it's, I don't know. I mean, it, I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't, I don't see, like, I, I guess the closest I can see is like, here's a show that's loosely based off the Zelda mythology and loosely set in a world based off Hyrule, but in no way can this resemble anything that we know of Zelda. Like, I can't imagine this would fit into the actual Zelda mythology. It wouldn't follow the, the you know, the, the unless they do it, maybe something like along the lines of like uh, the, the the Gotham, where Link's just a little boy as a background character and all this other shit's going on around him. Like, well, it maybe doesn't they... work like that only because Link as a kid was still kicking ass. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. Like you know, he, yeah, you don't have to have like in this. You don't need somebody to like a, a, a backstory for Link because you have played his backstory. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. The, any backstory besides what we know about Link is going to suck because nothing happens. <laughs> you know, it's like it's nothing happens there. The only way I think it's interesting, what if they did a what if they did a world where it's like, okay, this is the world of Zelda, and we know Link's supposed to come, but Link hasn't come, and then they spend the whole series looking for Link, and That's... like he's just not a character there. No. <laughs> the, the, uh, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, technically speaking of Zelda, then it could still be considered Zelda, but at the yeah. same time, like, no, like, fuck, no, I'm sorry, no, I don't, doesn't, yeah, doesn't really work. I'm not, I am not looking forward to this at all. No, I really think that they. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, obviously, we're gonna watch it. We have to watch it. at least the fr- at least the first two episodes. Yeah, and for me, well, at least well, the first that, three. That, well, at that point, I mean, it's Netflix. So when when the first two episodes are available, everything is available. So yes, watch the first two episodes and then just watch the last episode. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. I mean, who knows? They may do a really good job with it. Like they may, they may do a good job with it to the point where you don't care that it's not true to the game. Like um. Arrows like that. So far, the Flash is like that. Um, well, even actually, you know, the, the Flash feels a little bit truer to the actual Flash comic book than, especially more so than Arrow. But because it's based in the Arrow universe, it can't. There's just certain things that can't 
it can't like really be happening. Like I guess like it can't co not coexist, but can't happen from the comic books because of things that happen in Arrow. Um, totally off topic. Do you watch The Flash? No. Do you know who Gorilla Grodd is? Yes. Okay. They showed Gorilla Grodd on The Flash. Bold move. Seriously. Yeah. Like they showed they they actually showed him. I didn't think they were gonna go through it. Wow. That's, that's kind of that's kind of weird, isn't it? Did they just show him as like kind of like a throwaway thing, or is he actually gonna be like showing up at some point as like a, a baddie of the week? No, no, they've been hinting at him since the beginning of the show. Huh. It's it, like they they showed his like his broken cage at the begin in the first episode. They showed uh, somebody like talking to him before he became Gorilla Grodd, like when he was still just a dumb gorilla. Huh. And then they just showed him at the end of the last episode. It's pretty cool. I was like, wow, they're really gonna go through with this a talking psychic gorilla. That's pretty cool. <laughs> on mainstream TV. You, you, so, know, you know what else is pretty cool? What? We just got to our like bullshit segment of the week, and instead of putting it at the beginning, we put it at the end. Yes, we did. I just totally <laughs> noticed it. <laughs> we did. I just I just thought about uh, Yeah, so good for us. Maybe I'll just edit that. I, it won't make sense. <laughs> I just edit that back to the beginning, and then that'll be <laughs> Yeah, it's like mash cast butterfly effect. <laughs> All right, so yeah, that's gonna that's that's gonna end our our topics here. Um, still, I'm, I just went through the list. There's nothing worth mentioning coming out, uh, unless you're gonna. I mean, I guess evolve if you're into that. I'm so not uninterested in that game. I I don't like the commercials for it. Like I, I I'm I I think the idea is pretty cool, but they they got the commercials with the choir singing uh, what, "Ready or Not, I'm Gonna Find You," and it just it feels like a little too high concept for for the game is just like you're a monster tearing up your friends, like you know, yeah. give me some metal and just just let people get ripped to shreds. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the only other thing I could speaking of Zelda, Majora's Mask uh, 3D is coming out off of the 3DS. So I'm actually going to pick that up because I never finished Majora's Mask. Hmm. I never got a chance to finish it, so I'm actually going to pick that up and play it. Um, actually, I really wish they they don't have a Wind Waker for the 3DS, do they? I don't think so. Because I would actually really like playing that on the 3DS. They, being no, they, they did the remake, uh, the Wind Waker High Def. That was for the Wii U. For the Wii U, yeah. yeah. So, uh, But yeah, other than that, there's nothing. One thing I didn't notice <laughs> that is coming out uh, soon is fucking... Uh, Actually, no, I'm sorry. It already came off of the Wii U Mappy Land. Did you ever play that before? No. That game was my shit, man. I love that game from Nintendo. Oh, I'm not going to sit here and like try to explain it to everybody, but it was pretty, it was a cool game. You played as like a mouse cop, basically. So it was pretty cool for, for those who have played Mappy Land before. Uh, but, well, um, Chivalry Medieval Warfare is coming out for the PlayStation 3 network. So that, that's, a, that's a fun game. It is. It is. If if you like watching people's like you know like actually like playing with medieval weapons and seeing how like they actually affect people, uh, the physics in that game are pretty cool. So the funny thing about that game is like people. A lot of people don't know how to actually use the weapons properly no. when they're swinging. And so like I had a friend who made a video of himself like punching people while they were swinging swords at him mm-hmm. and beating them with melees. It was, it was pretty funny. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So we're still in a. And kind of like a funk here when it comes to games. And I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But yeah, that's going to bring us to the end of our MASHcast. As always, we thank you for listening. Uh, you can catch us on SoundCloud, which is soundcloud.com slash match those buttons. We are on iTunes. We are on Stitcher Smart Radio for your Android and iOS devices for instant streaming. Uh, this is the only podcast we do. We have this podcast, which is weekly, most of the time. 
and uh, we also have Wow Talk, which is bi-weekly. Um, next one, we just had one Wow Talk last week, and uh, next Wow Talk is next week. So you look out for that for all your Wow heads. You know, uh, what else? We have Double Tap, which is our fighting game podcast. We just released a new one on Friday. Uh, it was pretty good. It had a lot of information about Apex and some new information about Mortal Kombat. And it's, it's good stuff, and the quality has vastly improved, so you should check it out. Um, we also have a Destiny podcast coming out this week. Uh, expect it on Wednesday. It will be out. And uh, myself, GoToEnergy, and Sage the Infinite will be on that podcast. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, it, sh- it should be pretty good. We might have Nick guest star sometime. No, 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 no. I, I, I got enough on my plate. I, yeah. I can't be, I can't, I can't be on everything that I want to listen to. <laughs> hey, I said guest star, man. You gotta. Sometimes you need a, f- a fresh perspective. I'll, I'll, I'll just be talking about how I, I try to punch people, and that's the only way that I can kill things. Yes, yeah, I, I, that's Nick. Go, is Nick's go-to in Destiny. He tries the melee, which obviously doesn't work that great. No, no. All right, so. Uh, yeah, you can catch us on twitter.com slash smash those buttons. Sorry, twitter.com slash mtb site, facebook.com slash smash those buttons, and youtube.com slash smash those buttons. Uh, if you want to keep up with us and know when new podcasts are coming out, uh, we do publish, so post some other stuff too, so besides podcasts. Uh, but thank you for listening, and we will catch you guys next week. Have a great week, everybody. 